so the whole point of John being brought into this passage as a witness is to legitimize the witness of Christ as the Messiah. So in Mark, and this is one of my favorite passages in the New Testament, because Jesus catches the, the religious leaders in their own argument. So in Mark 11, 27 through 33, I'm just going to read it real quick. They came again to Jerusalem while Jesus was walking in the temple area. Remember the picture? The chief priest and the experts in the law and the elders came to him and said, By what authority, there it is, authority, are you doing these things? Or who gave you this authority to do these things? Jesus said to them, I will ask you one question. Answer me and I will tell you by what authority I do these things. Jesus's ba or John's baptism, was it from heaven or from men? And I like this part, answer me. <laughs> That's just the old teacher in me. I don't know. It made me laugh this morning when I was going through this again. Answer me, you know, little 6th, 7th, 8th grader. And Jesus is like, tell me, what do you think? They discussed it with one another, saying, if we say from heaven, he will say, then why did you not believe him? But if we say from men, and they feared the crowd, for they all considered John to be truly a prophet. So the leader said to Jesus and answered, uh, we don't know. And Jesus said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. If you want another rendition of this particular story, Luke chapter 20, verse 1 through 8, tells the same story in a different way. Um, but when I was reading John chapter 5, although this is not the same account, I could just see the debate. I could just see the wrangling of, who do you think you are? This is who I am. Now what are you going to do with that? basically is the gist of the conversation. So with Jesus, and then click the next one. Yeah, there you go. Jesus uses scathing language here to announce to the Jewish leaders that they, in verse 38, do not have the Father's word abiding in them. I mean, in quote, there it is. Uh, his voice you have never heard. His form you have never seen, and you do not have his word abiding in you, for you do not believe the one whom he sent. So he uses the Father, he uses John the Baptist, he uses all these evidences to the religious leaders to say, I am the one you're supposed to be looking for. I am the one who's your Messiah. Well, now let's go to point three, the witness of Scripture. And in verses 39 through 47, let's hit that slide. Here's what's going to happen. And I want to I go back in time to my time in 1984 in a little Bible college in the middle of North Dakota. Well, actually, it was off to the side. <laughs> but I and a bunch of other young guys who were learning about the Bible uh, were in a class that was taught by Professor James Hernando. And he's a, he's a PhD guy now. But at the time, he holds up a Bible. This is about 7.30 in the morning. We're just barely waking up as young 18, 19-year-olds. And he holds up a Bible and he says, this book is not God. Whoa. What? What did I just hear? This book is not God. However, it is the inspired record of his constant attempt to communicate with his highest creation. So that woke me up. I'm like, whoa. Okay, this is an interesting class right at the get-go. 
But I believe Professor Hernando was trying to wake us up to the fact of this text has a protagonist. It has a main character. And if we can know inside and out what this book says, we can have whatever, I like what Joe said last week, we can have whatever translation you want. The best one is the one you read. And I'll even take it a step further, the one you follow and obey. We can all memorize this, but if we don't know the author, if we don't know the protagonist, who is Christ, we've missed the whole point. And I think that's what my professor was trying to wake us young guys up to say, you need to know the author of this book, first and foremost. Well, the Jewish leaders had the same issue. So, and we, you know, I don't want to be so hard on the Jewish leaders here, because I'm sure if we were all standing there, we would be probably thinking or saying the same thing in their culture, in their mind, at their time. So don't, don't think I'm just bashing on, on Jew, Jewish leaders and, and their, their people and their method. If it wasn't for them, we wouldn't have the records of what God has been trying to do through eons of time to get to man's heart. So when I say these things, please keep them in context. These Jews are the ones who God spoke to through all the, the Torah, the prophets, and it's these old, uh, old Testament scriptures that were revealing God's love for mankind. I mean, look at Romans 9. It, Paul even acknowledges that, that it is, is because of the Israelites that the word of God came to fruition. They also heard John the Baptist with their own ears, and he had already identified Jesus as the Messiah. So this text may be one of the most informative passages in the New Testament concerning this matter in Scripture. Is there proof in Scripture? And if so, what do we do with it? Jesus not only defends himself, but diagnoses the problem which prevents the religious leaders from trusting him as their Messiah. How, did, how could they fail in getting this message? Well, let's click. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is they that bear witness of, about me. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. Brother Hernando was right. Just knowing this isn't the key. Knowing who is in this. Jesus Christ is the main protagonist. Knowing what he did for us. Knowing how it all came about through the, the Jewish nation and through the New Testament church. That's when we accept it and make it our own is when real abiding with Christ takes place. You see, folks, Jesus Christ is the key that unlocks the message of the Word. He's the key. He is. You know, I can't help but think back to when I was teaching about chapter 4 in the Samaritan Woman. I went back when I was reading this particular con uh, conflict between the Jewish leaders and Jesus. When he went to Samaria, to the city of Sychar, he was talking to a lady and a people that were so far removed from what the truth was. Remember, I told you that the Samaritans were looking for a Messiah called the Tahib or Taheb, and it was a mosaic type of figure that was going to come. Well, Jesus then announces to the Samaritan woman at the well, I, who you speak to, am he. Boom. 
mind blown. She goes, talks to the village. They come over. They listen to, to him for two days. And they even said in chapter 4, it's not because of the testimony of the woman that we believe in you. It's the, what you tell us is true. Imagine, historically, culturally, religiously, the Samaritans were so far removed from the truth. And yet, the Jews that were there, that were in the presence of Jesus, arguing with him, condemning him because he worked on the Sabbath, healed a man, they don't believe him, they should know the truth. In fact, wasn't, didn't Jesus say to the Samaritan woman, for salvation is from the Jews? And the Samaritans believed. At this point in time, many of the Jews didn't. Go ahead and click John 1, 10 through 13. He was in the world, and the world was created by him, but the world did not recognize him. He came, to about, he came what was his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who have received him, those who believe in his name, he has given the right to become children, God's children. The children not born by human parents or by human desire or a husband's decision, but by God. John has this theme throughout his gospel, who Jesus is and what he means to mankind. In conclusion, who's in charge? So let's go on to the next one. <clears throat> I wish I knew who said this to me, but I found it in my old college Bible, and I wish I wrote it down. Um, but if my theology doesn't help me become more Christ-like, then I really need to take a second look at my theology. Because if Christ is the center focus of this book, then I really need to know who he is, what he's done, what I am to him. And folks, Jesus has so much more to show us than we can ever, ever imagine. In order to see his plans, we need Jesus as our authority. Will you let him have authority of your life? Let's pray. Father, we thank you once again for your love and concern you have for each and every one of us. And we, oh God, help me recognize your authority. Help us recognize your authority. How established it's been since before time that you, oh God, had this figured out plan to help mankind know you more. Help us to recognize that God the Father, God the Son are one. Help us to recognize the authority of witnesses, John the Baptist, others that, that were around in the life of Christ who wrote letters, who wrote and put together, uh, helped put together this book we have in front of us. Help us recognize, oh God, the authority that we have in you, in your scripture. And may we not be sidetracked to just worship Scripture, but may we know the object of our worship is you, Jesus. You. We ask this in your name. Amen. If the worship team would please come, let's continue worshiping in song.